0: Welcome back to this week's episode of the One Play Sports Podcast. My name is David Hevener and I'm the host of the show. I've got another really exciting interview to share with you guys this week, but before I get into that, I quickly want to recap what's been going on in the sports world. Both the NBA and NHL are winding down their abbreviated seasons as teams are making their respective playoff pushes. Certain playoff teams around the NHL were very busy a week ago as the NHL trade deadline approached. Teams such as the Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins, New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Washington Capitals all made acquisitions to boost their rosters for a deep playoff run. Some good news came out of the NBA yesterday as rookie point guard LaMelo Ball received news that his wrist is fully healed and that he can resume doing individual basketball activities. He had surgery on his wrist a month ago after he broke it in a fall during a game against the Los Angeles Clippers. That does not mean that he will be back in the lineup right away for the Charlotte Hornets, but it is some good news that an injury-ridden Hornets roster, definitely love to hear. The NFL has announced... That the regular season going forward will be switching from 17 to 18 games. They will be transitioning the preseason from four to three games as well. The first round of the NFL draft is April 29th and it will be going through May 1st. The MLB is three weeks into their regular season and there has been some exciting baseball to watch for sure so far. Being a Red Sox fan, I definitely did not expect them to be playing as well as they are, especially after the start that they had for the first first three games against the Orioles. The Red Sox are currently on top of the American League East with a record of 12-6. and They are tied for the best record in the American League with the Seattle Mariners, who they will face off against at Fenway Park in a four-game series starting on Thursday. The Kansas City Royals are also leading the AL Central with a record of 9-6. and And the Seattle Mariners currently lead the AL West as well. The LA Dodgers currently hold the best record in the MLB and lead the NL West with a record of 13-4. and four. They just had a series this past weekend with their division rival, the San Diego Padres. These two teams are forming into an exciting new rivalry, and it's definitely something that you're going to want to keep your eye on if you're a baseball fan. That would definitely be a fun series in October. And they're going to be playing each other about another 14 or 15 more times a season. So those will definitely be games to tune into. And the Cincinnati Reds currently lead the NL Central with a record of 9-6. and six, And the Brew Crew are a half game behind them in the standings as well. And to finish it off, the New York Mets are leading the NL East with a record of 7-4. and four. I want to congratulate the Baylor Bears and Stanford Cardinals on winning their respective March Madness tournaments. Both of those tournaments were really fun to watch and it was great to have the tournament back this year. It was a lot of fun to have this year's bracket challenge as well. I do want to congratulate the winner of the bracket. The winner had the name of I Miss Tim Duncan as part of the name for the bracket. I'm not actually officially sure who did win the bracket challenge but when i do figure it out i will post it on the podcast social media and congratulate them and i will be reaching out to the person with the prize for the bracket challenge that's what's been going on in the sports world recently with that being said let's get into the interview Today I have my first ever guest that comes from north of the border. Jordan Bohinski played his junior hockey career for five seasons as part of the Steinbach Pistons and the MJHL. He then went to play for three seasons as part of the Liberty Flames men's Division One hockey team. In his career with the Flames, he had 100 games played with 50 goals and 57 assists. Along with playing hockey, Jordan has a passion for media and storytelling. Jordan hosts a podcast with two of his former Liberty teammates called The Bo Show, where they have interviewed different guests from all over the hockey community and beyond. Jordan also graduated from Liberty University with a degree in digital media production and recently has taken a job as a digital media director at Riverwood Church in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Please welcome to the show Jordan Bohinsky.
1: Yeah, right on, Dave. Hey, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. And uh, thank you for having me.
0: Anytime. So, hey, Jordan, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you did a great job of summing it up in that intro, Dave. Uh, you know, grew up in Winnipeg my whole life. Uh, you know, Canada was all I really knew, uh, except for hockey. That's when I kind of got to travel to the States and and to Europe. Um, but yeah, played junior hockey in Steinbeck. Uh, the junior a level here in Canada and then um, was fortunate enough uh, to get a uh, you know partial scholarship to go play Liberty hockey and uh, just uh, what an amazing three years that was so much fun and um, you know I would I would say for sure that those were the three most memorable years of my hockey career playing at Liberty and then now settling down you know I got married in July And, uh, my wife and I now, uh, we bought our first house back in October here in Winnipeg. We're settling down here and, uh, yeah, getting into the ministry world. I would have never thought that I'd be here, you know, working, working in ministry, but, uh, God has a crazy way of, of doing, of doing things in that way. So, so yeah, just loving life, man. And, um, and, uh, just, uh, kind of getting into new things.
0: So was the dream always to play professional hockey growing up and making it to the show or?
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I'd say it was. Uh, that hockey was really all that I knew. Uh, I always tell people that, you know, when I played, when I played in Steinbach, uh, and even before then, you know, when I played uh triple A midget hockey in, in, in Manitoba, like, like that was my identity. That was all that I knew. And I think a lot of guys would probably relate to that. You know, it's like, it's just, you're scratching and clawing to get to that next level. And when you get to that next level, then it's like, okay, now I got to get to the next level. And in the back of your mind, you always have that long-term goal of being like, okay, I want to play professional hockey or, you know, I want to make it to the NHL. You watch hockey on TV, almost every night with the guys, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're so involved in the game. You have friends and you have teammates who are going and who are playing in the NHL. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it is much closer than I can, than I, you know, think it might seem far away when you're watching on TV, but when you see guys make it there that, you know, that you played with that you're playing with, it's like, Hey, it's right there. So I would say that that was much of my identity. But I would say that also in that, it was pretty unhealthy. So uh, to kind of take a step back and realize, hey, it might not be the best idea to put all my eggs into one basket was probably the best thing that that I ever came to, that, to the realization of.
0: You played your junior hockey career w- with the Steinbach Pistons and the MJHL. How was your experience there? And how did that prepare you to play collegiate hockey at the next level?
1: Well, well playing hockey in Steinbach was an incredible experience. I mean, the, the level of hockey there is, is is phenomenal, right? I mean, Steinbach's been for the last probably, I'd say, Six, seven years, Steinbeck has been one of the powerhouses in junior A in Canada. Um, so, you know, I felt so fortunate uh, to be able to be drafted there um, and then to go play my, my junior hockey there. But it prepared me to play college hockey in the sense of you're playing in front of big crowds. You know, uh, you're playing in front of big crowds in Steinback and throughout the league. You're dealing with a lot of, you know, when you go on the road, you're dealing with a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of passionate crowds that are against you. Um, uh, you know, you're, you're heavily involved in the community you start to realize the impact that that you have on the community. You start to realize, Hey, you know, you're, you're not just a kid anymore. You're a young man and that you're representing an organization. You're representing something that's bigger than just yourself. You have to learn how to be, uh, how how to, how to live, uh, you know, to be independent. Uh, you know, you're, you're living at a bill at home. You got to take care of yourself. You got to prepare, you know, you got to prepare yourself to play night in, night out. No one's, no one's, you know, watching over you and kind of, you know, you know, uh, pushing you along or helping you out as much. It's now on your own. You're on your own. If you don't play, you get traded. If you don't play, if you don't perform, you get cut. So, I mean, that prepared me in the sense to go to the collegiate level, you know, play in front of the, play in front of the crowd, be able to be able to take that in, uh, but to not let the nerves get the best of you. And then to also realize that you, you know, people are watching you and you want to have Uh, you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward on the ice, but also off the ice, caring for people, loving for people, loving people and making sure that people know that, Hey, these hockey players, they're not mean guys. They actually mean really well.
0: How did you end up hearing about Liberty and what were the factors that ended up making you choose to go there?
1: Yeah, great, great question. I mean, uh, I I had never heard about Liberty university, like the university in general, this would have been, uh, five years ago. I, I had never heard of them. And I was in my 20-year-old year playing in Steinbeck and we had something called the MJHL uh, Showcase where every team in Manitoba, every junior A hockey team in Manitoba in our league, uh, come. everyone comes into Winnipeg and plays out of the MTS Iceplex, which is the Winnipeg Jets practice facility. They have a four-ring facility and every team gets to play two games. So all scouts just flock in. NHL scouts, uh, college scouts, uh, you know, pro scouts, you name them, agents, they all flock in and they get to see... Every single team from around the province in one location instead of traveling. So Jeff Betker, assistant coach for Liberty Hockey, was one of the coaches who came in. He flew in and he came to the showcase. And I guess he saw me in one game and he liked what he saw. And I talked to him after the game and uh, he didn't even say that much. He was different than any other scout that I had talked to. And all he said was, hey, listen, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to try and sell our program going to give you this. And he gave me a USB stick. And I, I, that, that caught my attention. Cause I had a bunch of these brochures. I'm like, Oh man, I'm not a reader. I don't want to read through all this. He gave me a USB and I was like, bingo. I'm going to plug this in my laptop when I get home. Cause this sounds like my cup of tea. I plug it in. I start watching the recruitment video, some of the pictures, some of the, the campus I found it was a Christian university. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this looks amazing. Uh, and then a short, a short, probably three months later, Uh, A long process of, you know, determining some logistics and whatnot, I committed to Liberty and the rest is history.
0: During your time at Liberty, you wore the number 18. Is that a specific number that you've always worn? And is there a specific reason why you wear that number?
1: Uh, It's a great question. Uh, People have asked me that before, and the short answer would be no. There is no reason for me to wear the number 18. Uh, It grew on me. So when I went to Steinbach in my 16-year-old season, Or sorry, my 17-year-old sees my first year in Steinbeck. When I was 17, I showed up and they had the number 18 for me. Uh, That was what they had for me. And generally speaking, guys got to pick their numbers. I was with the Brandon Weekings in the WHL for uh, about a three-month period. And I went back to Steinbeck. I was a late addition to the team. And they just had 18. They had my name on 18, and that was what I had. I never spoke up and never really wanted to change it that bad. It was kind of indifferent to me. So I wore that for four years. And then Kirk head coach for Liberty Hockey when I committed to Liberty Hockey he one of the texts that he sent me in the weeks following was hey we got you covered we know you love the number 18 we got we already got it for you reserved for you and at that point I was like oh my gosh (laughs) guys I don't I've never I've never loved 18 I just wear it because it's been given to me so it was like seven years of wearing 18 where I just like never really spoke up I was like hey I'll just wear it. And I wore it for four years in Steinbeck. And I was like, 18 is kind of like my staple number now. So I never want to change it at Liberty. I was like, I'll just keep it as my staple here. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that was that. Um, there, there was nothing behind it. I love Brian Little, though. He wore number 18 when he played for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm a big Brian Little guy. So if you want a connection, you can have that one.
0: Putting hockey aside for a second, what was your experience like at Liberty just being a part of that student body and going to class every day?
1: Well, it's incredible because I got to meet guys like you, Dave, uh, and, 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 you know, we became good buddies. But it was just so cool. You know, I mean, like playing on the hockey team, you have a platform, right? Because people are coming to watch your games and you have an easy in to start conversation with anyone because people will come up to you and they'll say, hey, can I get a ticket for this game? Or, hey, great game last night. And it's like, bingo, there's the icebreaker. Now I can, like, we can just j- dive into regular conversation. No pun intended. Um, yeah, yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and, but, but yeah, exactly. So, so, but the student body is incredible because they all love hockey. Like, they're so passionate about the game. You know, we have a few thousand fans uh, showing, showing up to every game, as you know, and it's like they're loud and they're cheerful. But then when, you, but then the relationships that you form off the ice, it's like, it's just, it's just phenomenal because I think that so many of us have that common goal of pursuing Christ in a way that is, that is honoring like to those around us. And we all have that common goal. So it's like these friendships and these bonds and these relationships are just, they have so much more depth to them. And they're so much more special and you don't lose them. You don't lose contact of the people that you grew with. So this student body is unlike any other in that sense. And Um, the noise that, that the student body brought to games, the passion that they brought, um, uh, man, it was unlike any crowd that I've ever played in front of
0: those midnight games were something else too. Mm,
1: mm -hmm. Yeah. Those midnight games were, Oh my gosh, dude. I remember I'll never forget showing up to the rank. I mean, I lived with Cole Gammer my first year. Uh, and then, and then, uh, I mean, him and I have been best friends ever since we came to Liberty and at the same time back in 2017 or 2016 17 but i remember driving up for midnight games with Cole Gammer and then in my and then you know in my second and third season uh, driving up with Colin Baird and and Matt Bartell. And we'd drive into the rink. We'd show up, the game's at midnight, so we'd show up about 9.15, 30. And there was a lineup already flying out the front door for people waiting to get in, waiting to get tickets. Like, I'd say a few hundred people, three, four hundred people, waiting outside, like, winding around the rink. And they were there before us. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious, This is insane. This is absolutely ludicrous. And then I remember like going up to shoot uh, some pucks and stick handle, and just get my hands nice and warm before the game. And then at that, I think it was like whatever that was at the 11 p.m. Marker or whenever they let people in, just seeing students flock in. And it was just like, it just gave you goosebumps, man. Just like. Seeing the passion and seeing the love for those midnight games, they were wild. Like, they were nuts.
0: Yeah, 100%. Do you have one specific road trip story or a time on the road with the team that would stand out to you from the past three seasons? I know you've shared some on your podcast, but do you have one that kind of stood out? It could be a prank or something that you guys did.
1: yeah yeah we do you got a good one so uh it's funny this one always comes to mind when talking about that we've talked about this on our podcast on the boat show before um but uh we were on the road we were in uh i i I can't remember exactly right i think it was syracuse i think it was maybe syracuse or or stony brook one of the two um new york and and uh and (laughs) Devin pierce uh and i we are uh we're very, very good buddies, and uh, and so we were all hanging out in one of the boys' rooms, and uh, Pierce was in there, Quinn Ryan was in there, I was in there, and I could hear Pierce and Quinn kind of talking, like like kind of saying, "Hey, like let's you know let's mess with them or or whatever they're saying." I knew something was up. Like I'm not dumb, and uh, and so what ended up happening basically was. Quinn went out in the hallway, uh, and he left and I was like, what's going on? Where's he going? And he went out in the hallway. I didn't know this at the time, but he was getting one of those ice buckets that you have in your hotel room. And he got one of those. He took one of those from the room. I didn't realize they took it and he filled it with water and he was standing outside of our, outside of this hotel room that we were in. And I, and it was, it was Quinn and it was Pierce's hotel room. And Quinn's waiting out there with a, with a bucket of ice water. And I had no idea that he did this. So I was like, where, where's, where'd Quinn go? All of a sudden it's just Pierce and I in there and we're talking, or whatever. All of a sudden Pierce grabs my phone. It was just sitting on the bed. Pierce, we're sitting on the bed. here. Pierce grabs my phone and he runs out the door. And I'm like, Oh, Oh heck no. I knew something was going on. So what do I do? I run after him. I run in the hallway. What do you think happens? Quinn absolutely hammers me with this ice bucket. So that's, that, that, that's not the full prank, though. I didn't even think it was that funny. Like, even telling it, I'm like, this isn't even that good. Like, guys, this isn't even that funny. They thought they were dying. They were killing themselves. I mean, if you were watching this, you probably would have thought it was hilarious, too. I'm standing there like an idiot, soaked in the hallway. Pierce goes running down the hall. He's gone. Well, little did he know, he left his room wide open. Like, it was his room that we were in. So what do we do? Quinn's standing there with the ice bucket. He dumped me. I'm like, Quinn, are you serious, man? He's dying laughing. Pierce is gone with my phone because he's like, this guy's going to kill me. Quinn, Quinn flips a switch. He goes, Bo, don't get me. Let's get Pierce. Because Quinn's a coward like that. He'll flip flop. He'll flip sides, right? He'll flip sides like that. He goes, let's get Pierce. I go, okay, well, it really seems like it was Pierce's idea. So, okay, Quinn, you scumbag, I'll do this with you. So I Quinn and I go back into Pierce's room. We close the door, we lock it. Pierce knows at this point. He starts texting us. He's like, boys, come on, are you serious? Pierce goes into someone else's room down the hall because he knows he's not getting it back into his room. I take all of Pierce's, all his bedding, everything. Like the pillows themselves, the quilt, the sheets, everything. And I throw it all in the shower. I turn the shower on I fill the bath up. His, all his sheets, his quilt, everything, in underwater, in the tub. We then take his bed and we hide it. We put his bed across the hallway in Gammer's room. Then we call Pierce and say, "Hey Pierce, whatever, man, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Like We were just messing with you. We didn't actually do anything. Call him back in the room. Pierce goes, boys, are you kidding me? Where's my bed? <laughs> He's like, where's my bed? where is my bed? He looks in the shower. He sees all his sheets are underwater. He goes, you guys got to be kidding me. He goes, where is my mattress? All there is is a box spring. (laughs) We're not telling you. I go, I'm not telling you, you scumbag. I said, you played this prank on me in the first place. You're going to pay for it. So what do we do? One of the funniest phone calls ever. Pierce calls down to the front desk. He goes, Hey, and you know how to get front desk. How may I help you? Hey, um, I'm going to need a new bed. (laughs) <laughs> she goes, like, a new quilt or a new pillow? No, like like uh, a new mattress, sheets, pillows. <laughs> she goes, sir, we can't do that. Where is your mattress? Pierce goes, I, ma'am, I honestly don't know. He, he wasn't going to throw us over the bus. He's like, I don't know. Hangs up. All of a sudden, we get a knock at our door. Because we still haven't told Pierce where his mattress is. We get a knock at our door. It's head coach Kirk Handy. He goes, guys. Seriously? I just got a call from the front desk saying that there's a missing bed. <laughs> He's like, where's the bed? All of a sudden, Gabber opens his door from across the hallway. He goes, hey, I heard you guys are talking about a missing bed. I don't want to put this on any longer. Here you go. And he, thr- he flops this massive queen-size mattress into the hallway. Anyway, that's a long. I know it's been a long story. I drag it on, but that's a good prank story of what goes on on the road sometimes with Liberty hockey.
0: Do you have a favorite place you got to play on the road at Liberty?
1: I don't think that we ever played in as hostile as an environment as we would at Liberty itself, like at home. Like our our environment was unbelievable, right? But my favorite place that we ever did go to play was 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 Dallas for the national tournament. Uh, we're playing in. We're playing in. You know, really, it, it was basically an NHL. A facility. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal, you know, good crowd. A uh, lot of people traveled for that tournament because it's in Dallas. Everyone loves Dallas. That was a blast. Dallas was that I would say that. And I love the city. That was my first time ever going to Dallas. Uh, I would say that, that Dallas, Texas is probably the, my favorite place I've ever played.
0: What was one thing that God taught you over your time at Liberty?
1: Good question, Dave. A lot of things. Uh, I would say that he taught me number one biggest thing Don't put your identity all in an earthly thing. And for me, that was hockey. Don't put your identity fully in hockey. Um, It can disappear. It can go away. It will go away. It will disappear. And if your identity is fully in that, what are you going to do when it's gone? And I had times at Liberty for the first time in my career. I had a healthy career all through Pee Wee, Midget, Provincial Midget, Junior even. I was healthy. Didn't have any injuries, really, that kept me out for a long period of time. When I got to Liberty, I had some concussion troubles uh, where I ended up missing probably not a ton of games. I was fortunate enough not to miss a crazy amount of games, but I had to miss practices and workouts, and I did miss some games. And man, when I did miss those games, I was like, I was mentally just a wreck. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I am um, I realized I was like, I am almost using God or using my relationship with, with Jesus as a gateway to try to get better at hockey or to try and get him to further my career, make me a better player and just further me on the ice. Like that's what it was all centered around. And my relationship, my faith was on the outskirts. Imagine like a circle and then like a inner circle. And that inner circle was hockey. And on the surrounding circle was was like friends, family, you know, my fiance, school and, and faith. And my relationship with Christ, like that was on the outside. That was one of the factors that played in. I was like, I need all these things to go right so that I can be my best self on the ice. And when the ice was taken away from me, when that inner circle was gone, I was like, I was lost. I was like, what do I do? Where do I go? You know? And I didn't handle it. The I didn't handle it very well. You know, I was, I was upset. I kind of distanced myself from my faith and didn't pursue Christ like I should have been. And Man, from year one to year three, I grew tremendously in this area. And uh that's what God taught me. And now sitting here talking here today, I've learned and I've been through that. I'm praying daily that man, that that even now I would not have my eyes set on what's going on with Liberty Hockey or would not have my eyes set on still becoming the best version of a hockey player of myself or, you know, worshiping fitness or exercise or hockey, but actually worshiping the King of Kings and pursuing him daily. And and I and I done that. And I've tried to keep doing that since I finished at Liberty and it has been the most rewarding thing ever. And God's just done incredible things in my life. So that's what I'd say is the number one thing. Don't put your identity in something other than Christ and just be aware of even doing that subconsciously.
0: So during your time at Liberty, you talked about how you guys went to the national tournament in Dallas. You had three bids to the national tournament, but only went two times because it got canceled last year because of COVID. Obviously the team this year ended up beating an NCAA division one team for the first time ever in program history and are even actually competing today in the semi-final round of the national tournament for the first time since 2008. What does it say about the winning culture that's been built in that program that even after graduating one of its biggest senior classes in program history that last year they're still having the success that they are this year
1: oh man that's that that's a great question um that's an excellent question i i would say to answer your first part of that question man our team last year was phenomenal um, I don't want to start making comparisons to this year to put it as to, to put it this way. I think that we would have swept long Island university last year. Uh, and I say that confidently hundred percent, like without a doubt, without, without a question I agree. Um, with the seniors we had last year. I mean, we were right. We were phenomenal. We swept Adrian University. Like every team was in the mix last year in the ACHA, right? There was no team that was out of the mix. Everyone was in and we had a phenomenal year swept Ohio, swept Adrian. I mean, like there was our, like we are, we arguably could have been that number one seed, And I, I, I can, I can almost guarantee you that we would have swept long Island university last year too. And I, I, I would tell you as well that we would beat, I we would compete hundred percent with any team in that Atlantic conference NCAA D one. And I bet you we'd beat most of them too. Um, obviously there's a couple, there's a couple exceptions of teams that are, that, you know, stand out like AIC's solid most years, um, but with that being said, there is a winning culture that has been built and that is continuing to grow at Liberty. And they are getting to the point now where, I mean, hey, we, we set the tone this year with that win against uh, Long Island University. There was a statement win. And, you know, last year with the sweep over Adrian, like there's a new powerhouse in the ACHA and it's Liberty University. And, and I think that um, with that, too, like look out bring us to the NCAA D1 level. I mean, when that time comes, we'll be ready to go. we got the facilities, we got the players, but guys are loving it. I mean, guys are coming to Liberty and they're hearing about it. I mean, through the grapevine, people are talking about it. Guys are graduating or guys are going there for the first year or guys are transferring there and they're telling their friends, they're telling people, hey guys, this is a winning culture. This is a team that is the closest team I've ever played on. And this is coming from other guys too, not just me. This is the closest team I've ever played on. This is a special group. You know, I've really found myself here. I've developed my character on the ice and off the ice and, and, and the facilities, everything. It's just a phenomenal program, phenomenal team to be a part of. So, so I think that all of those factors, the campus, you know, the worship community, uh, the Christ centered environment, the facilities, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the players, everyone, it the, the camaraderie, the friendships, it all plays a, a factor, um, into guys wanting to come play there because it's a different school. It's not the same as other places. Um, and, and ultimately we're getting on the map and people are seeing us because we're winning.
0: So kind of switching gears a little bit, how did the Bo Show come to be and what led you to start the show in a podcast format?
1: Back in Steinbeck, we started the Bo Show uh, when I was, I believe it was my 20-year-old season. My last year in Steinbeck, we started the Bo Show, um, started interviewing players on our team just to give the community and the fans an inside scoop on, you know, what guys were like. You know, what, what are guys like on the Steinbeck Pistons? And, you know, I, I love media. I love, I love broadcast. I love talking obviously, as you can tell. Uh, and, you know, I love this kind of stuff. So, so we did that. And uh, that grew uh, the true North, true North who owns the Winnipeg jets, got a hold of it. They found out about it and they allowed me to start interviewing some jets players. We had uh, Dustin Bufflin, Blake Wheeler and Josh Morrissey and Mark Chipman, who's the CEO and the, the owner of Winnipeg jets. Uh, we had all those guys come on the, on the show. It was an absolute blast. We got to just joke with them. All these all these are on YouTube, by the way. But it was so much fun, right? Because you just interviewing these guys in a new light. And then we brought it to Liberty, where at Liberty, there was a beautiful podcast studio. And we had some connections through Liberty Hockey to get in there and to start getting involved. And so Brock Thompson, Devin Pierce, and I started the Bo Show podcast. And we've been ripping that now for just about, I guess it'd be almost three years coming in this October. So it's just been so much fun. And, uh, uh, just a huge blessing to do that with those guys. Who has
0: been your favorite person to interview on that show so far?
1: Uh, on the, uh, I would say on the, uh, for the video, uh, out of the jets would be Dustin Bufflin. That was the coolest one. Cause the guy is an absolute mammoth. I thought he was going to eat me. This guy's just a, just a beast. Uh, and then um, podcasts though. It's a great question. People ask me that all the time. I would say the coolest one. I mean, we love spit spitting chicklets, spit and chicklets is a hockey podcast. They tell a bunch of stories and some of it's kind of crude and inappropriate, but nonetheless, they give you an inside scoop on a lot of NHL stuff, which is cool. I'd say Ryan Whitney. Uh, yeah. it was a really cool one. Wit from Spit and Chick was was really cool, um, and then also a guy like Ryan Callahan who played for the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and in the Olympics as well. But but um, there was some cool ones. Then even on campus, too, right? a guy like David Nasser, having him in the studio and just talking to him, picking his brain. Those were some of the those were probably um, some of the favorites.
0: Kind of getting into a little NHL. What team do you think made the most effective move at the trade deadline?
1: Oh boy, baby, uh, Toronto. Um, I mean, heck they look like, so here's the thing. Toronto in my mind had the best deadline. Okay. They, 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 they got what they needed. They added Felino up front, some more grit. Uh, that's what they need. Felino's a playoff guy. He did it to Tampa in the last couple of years and he's, he's going to do it again in the North division. I'm thinking, but Toronto's in a bit of a pickle right now because they don't have goaltending and Campbell was on fire, but now he's not. And the Leafs are hitting a bit of a skid. They lost to Vancouver last night, who's been off for almost a month. And they lost to Vancouver in, in Vancouver. A uh, huge win by the Canucks. It's just a super cool to see them win that. But still, Toronto's sliding a little bit. And they're sliding at the wrong time because you want to be hitting your stride right about now. You don't want to be struggling. I'm actually gonna. So I'm going to say Toronto won the deadline. I love their pickups. I love the guys they got. Uh, but I would say this. I loved what the Detroit Red Wings did and what Iserman did to the Washington Capitals because Iserman picking up, I believe it was a first round pick, a second round pick, Richard Panic, and Jacob Vrana for Anthony Mantha. That is a heavy, heavy price to pay my friend as a Washington Capitals fan. Yes. But so far in the first, I guess, four or five games, it looks like it might be paying off for Washington. I think Matthews scored like uh, yeah, four scored of his like first five, five in games. A row. Or yeah, Five in a row?
0: I think maybe his last game on the Red Wings he had a goal, but I know he scored in the first four.
1: So there you go. That's insane. Like he's hot and obviously like Washington's good. I feel sorry for those guys in that division though because, I mean, heck, good luck getting out of that division. I mean – yeah. Washington chose to to stack up and make that move, but I just hope now that they get out of that division because I, all all teams sacrifice. Like Boston got Hall, the Islanders uh the Islanders got um Paul Murray, Paul Murray, and uh, they they and I think they got another guy. Is they, they got another guy too. Um uh yeah. And so anyway, they got two guys. Yeah, they got Paul and a couple guys, and then each team stacked up. So it's like who's gonna make it out this division? And whoever there's gonna be ultimately there's gonna be three teams that stacked up that don't make it out.
0: They got um yeah, Pittsburgh. Who did they get? They got somebody from LA, right?
1: Uh was it Jeff Carter?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, Jeff Carter, yeah. Yeah, so Pittsburgh stacked up too. So it's like, wow, is that gonna be a there? People are gonna be scratching and clawing to get out of there. So it's gonna be interesting, man, to see what happens. But uh, I mean, that's a heavy price to pay for Manta. But ultimately, he, he's doing well so far. So we'll see what happens.
0: We'll see. And just one last question: What's your favorite barn that you've been to for the NHL team besides uh, the Bell Center or the? Whoa. The
1: LMTS place?
0: Yeah, that's that, not the not the Canadians or yeah, you know what I
1: mean. Yes, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. Um, wow. So I've been to I've been to quite a few. My favorite one, unfortunately, would have to be in a non COVID in a non COVID world. Central Division rivals, the National Predators, Bridgestone Arena. Unbelievable. We went there for Game One and Two of the 2017. NHL uh, conference semifinals, the second round of the playoffs. Winnipeg was playing Nashville. We were there for game one and game two. Wow. What an environment. Goodness gracious. I was wearing a Jets jersey. I was wearing a Thrasher's jersey, but people knew that I was was a Jets fan. Standing up for every goal. And uh, wow, was that ever a hostile environment. Chance. Like, there was a Jets. There was a plane outside of the rink. And people were just hammering this thing. I mean, you walk out of the rink and you're right on Broadway with all these, you know, pubs, bars, music, restaurants for a mile. Like, it's incredible, right? Like, there is nothing like it uh, that I've seen. Um, So I would say Bridgestone Arena for sure is is my favorite NHL rink that I've been to. Besides Bell, MTS Place.
0: MTS, yeah, that's what it is. Hey Jordan do you want to throw out some social media people want to connect with you or hear what you guys are up with on the bow show
1: Yeah for sure uh, you guys can follow us on social media at the bow show baby um, but our biggest platform right now that we've been trying to keep up with is just our podcast So if you guys want to search up the bow show on Apple podcasts uh, you can go right ahead we're also on SoundCloud online. Um, but yeah, search up the bow show. We've got just about 70 episodes for you to catch up on and check out. We've got a lot of NHL guys. Come on. Uh, you know nfl draft picks big so big media uh national media presences come on it's been really cool so i'd encourage you guys check out the bow show podcast on apple Podcasts.
0: awesome well it was awesome talking to jordan and catching up and talking liberty hockey and hopefully we can talk again soon at some point
1: for sure dave thanks a lot for having me I appreciate it all the best
0: yeah you too you guys enjoyed that interview with jordan i will definitely be having him back because we were under a time constraint for that interview and i didn't get to ask everything that i wanted to so when the nhl season and the playoffs are all over i'm gonna have him back and we're gonna recap the entire season and get into more about him playing hockey at liberty and his passion for media as well so be sure to stay tuned for that Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Leave a review and a rating. Every review helps a ton. Be sure to follow the podcast on all of its social media platforms for the most up-to-date information and content regarding the podcast. I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll see you soon with another exciting episode.